Welcome to the KHOW Podcast. You've joined a community who focuses on doing the word, living the word, and following the word. We hope you enjoy these messages. the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and we will be glad in it. We will rejoice and we will be glad. We will rejoice and we will be glad that we thank you that our mer- that mercies are new every morning. We thank you, Lord, for the joy of the Lord is our strength. And I thank you that strength is coming upon us right now. The joy is being released right now into every home, every space, uh, every car, wherever we are right now, joy is entering the space. I thank you, Lord, that as we open up our mouths, confessing that you are Lord, opening up our mouths, giving you the honor and, and praise that is due your name the Lord, your Holy Spirit will begin to manifest, not just in the inside, but all around us, that we feel the tangible presence of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. I thank you, Lord, that you are a sustainer and a keeper. You are a provider. I thank you, Lord, that your glory, the weight of your glory is being released even now in the earth and even now, God, that reverence and awe of you, God, that we are are, are literally, God, um, putting ourselves in a posture of reverence, of awe, that we are part of this unshakable kingdom, Lord. So I thank you, Lord, that even throughout the week, as the enemy tried to shake us and deter us and cause and try to get us to be distracted, that you allowed us to stay focused, to keep our mind in you, to keep our spirits um, excited about you. I thank you, Lord, that you gave us songs of praise, that you gave us songs in the night season that reminded us of how good, how faithful, how worthy, how trustworthy you are, God. We thank you that you are good. There is no one good but God. And I thank you that we have a God that is good. You are amazing, Father. Thank you. Thank you for loving us so much. Thank you for seeing into our situations and providing. Thank you for never uh, shortchanging your people. Thank you for being faithful when we are faithless. Thank you, God, that you are a deliverer that you have delivered us us from the enemy's snare, that you've delivered us from oppression, that you've uh, delivered us from from past habits, past situations, that God, we now taste and see that you are good. And so I just thank you this morning for the living God still reigns, that you are on the throne reigning, that Jesus is at your right hand and you are making intercession, both of you interceding for us together. Holy Spirit living on the inside of us, we thank you that you bring all things back to our remembrance. We thank you that we have uh, the mind of Christ. We thank you that we house the Holy Spirit, that we are the temples of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit move through and in us right now. Cause things to be stirred in us right now where there might have been a limited uh, amount of hope this week in our lives. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're returning hope to someone right now, returning joy, returning peace, returning strength to someone right now, that we do not forget that you are still in control despite what the election says, despite what the pandemic says, despite what the racial tension still may be, you are in control. That God, you are the lifter of our heads and the lover of our souls. That you are maintaining and keeping, providing and protecting. We thank you, God, that you are walking us through danger seen and unseen. We thank you, Lord, that you are our shelter. Yes, we walk through the valley of death. We are 
fearing no evil for you are with us, your rod and your staff. We thank you, Lord, for being the rod and the staff. We thank you, God. For, for allowing us to cross over our own Red Sea. Ah, I thank you that somebody this week crossed through their own Red Sea, that somebody needed a way of escape and you provided a, an avenue, a, 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 a walkway through God, that they didn't get over, they got through. And so we bless you and we praise you even right now for the going through, Lord, for, for causing our enemies to be devoured that were trying to be chase us and, and distract us and deter us. I really feel this was a heavy week of distraction and trying to deter you and trying to get you to quit this week to try to get you to just stop moving forward. Um, I, I feel it so heavily that some of you were questioning the direction. Some of you were, were questioning the way, questioning the tool, questioning even that you were the tool, that you were the voice, that you were the mouthpiece, that you were the hand. And God says, yes, it is still you. I am not confused. It is still you. I have not changed my mind. It is still you, prophet. I have not changed my mind. It is still you, teacher, evangelist. It is still you. It is still you, creator. It is still you, entrepreneur. It is still you, intercessor. It is still you, business owner. It is still you. And I am clear that it is still you. I just need you to be patient. Be patient in the plan. Be patient with yourself. Give, be kind to yourself. Oh, I thank you, Holy Spirit. Yeah, I, I, I feel it so strong. The enemy wanted some of you to quit this week. And some of you were right on the verge of quitting. Some of you were right on the verge of making a decision that would have caused you to be stalled and stopped for a while. And God said, oh, no, 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 no. This is the time of pressing and pressing through. This is the time where the enemy wants you to doubt you. And I have already validated, confirmed, and called you. So do not quit now because your reward is just around the corner. Oh, thank your reward is just around the corner. I hear the Holy Ghost saying your reward is just around the corner. This is the season, guys, where this is not about what you want. This is only about what you need. And some of you are still yet to purge and to remove things that are not serving you well right now. There's too much clutter in your life right now. There's too much clutter in your room. There's too much clutter in your car. There's too, some of you have cluttered your cars when, and, and cluttered your rooms and cluttered your homes. We need to be living right now in the space of essential. Right, just like there are essential workers in this time, there are just essential things that we need. You need to strip away this idea of luxury. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Some of you have this idea of luxury that you're trying to create this atmosphere to make yourself feel good. And this is not about the, 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 the God is going to sustain and keep you. God is your joy. God is your feel good. And we need to stop trying to make things, putting things in the way of place that God wants to be. Stop trying to soothe um, um, uh, voids or fill voids or stop trying to, let me tell you, there is a thing of self-care, but then there is a deception that the enemy is using or surrounding self-care because in self-care, there's a lot of excess that is happening and, and there are ways to care for yourself that don't cost that much. And God is saying, I'm calling the body to be good stewards right now. I need you to be stewards. There's going to be some things that I need you to get, but you can only get those things when you remove the other stuff. 
but this is not a time of excess. This is a time of what we need and have need of so that God can add to you the things that he needs to add to you. So I'm telling you, I know, I think I've said this before, but whoever this is for, this needs to be a week of purging. Before you get into the holiday spirit, you need to purge. Because some of you are going to have too, you have too much. And there are people that God has assigned to the things that you have that are distracting for you will be plenty for them. Wow. God says what is a distraction for you is plenty for somebody else. And so stop trying to hoard and hold on to these things. You're not allowing, you have not made room for God to bring to you what he needs to bring. So this needs to be a week of purging and stripping down, stripping away getting back to the basics because all of this stuff that you're putting in the way is causing you to doubt what God is doing. And God says no more distractions. Do not be the distraction. Some of you are your own distractions. Do not become your own distraction. And so father, we bless you and we praise you. We honor you. We glorify you. Thank you. Holy spirit. Thank you. Father God, you're worthy. Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Some of you have just uh, allowed, here's the thing, stop overthinking what God has already made simple. Woo. Stop overthinking what God has already made simple. God is speaking very clearly and then we're trying to overthink it and our overthinking is causing us to think outside and our outside thinking is causing us to lose faith. And then when we're losing faith, we don't realize we're also losing favor. And these access, these doors that God has opened, these doors of favor, this place of access, we're losing because we're overthinking what he's already made simple. Just be obedient. Just say yes. Just move forward. Stop trying to have these conversations and debates in your mind about how it's going to go, what you need to do. Just follow the word of the Lord and be obedient. One step at a time. One step at a time. One step at a time. Too many of us are still running ahead of the first step. Trust that God knows what he's doing. Trust that he knows what he's doing. And trust that what he is saying is actually what he's saying. My God, too many times we do not trust that what he's saying is just what he's saying. There's, the Bible says don't add to it and don't take away from it. Don't do that in this season. Don't do that in this season. Don't add to it and don't take away from it. It is what it is. He means what he says, and he still means you. I don't know why someone still needs to hear that. He is certain about you. He means you. Yes, you. Yes, you to be the, the, the person that the world knows. Yes, you to do the things in your field that no one else is doing. Yes, you, the one that was hiding behind. Oh my God, I see you. I, let me tell you something, Pastor Tifa. I hear the Lord say, you were behind the curtain all these years, but now I am bringing you in front of the audience. You have been the writer. You have been the, the person to get everybody else in front of the audience, but God says now, no longer will you st stand behind the curtain. No longer will you sit in the offices. It is time for you. I am exposing you and revealing you to the people because you are a voice and you are a mouthpiece for me. I trust you. It is you, yes you, stop doubting you. It's not about your size, your age or that you are even a black woman, you are the woman I'm calling for this hour. 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And every rebellious spirit, some of you are still holding on to control and rebellious spirit. You better, you better get over that today. Because you are hindering the move of God in your life. It says the spirit of rebellion is a, uh, rebellion is a spirit of witchcraft. You are operating in witchcraft. That's Bible. Your rebellious spirit, you are operating in witchcraft. Hear what I'm saying. God is not double-minded. We are. Stop asking God to give you an answer he already gave you. Stop asking God to confirm his word when his word doesn't come back void. Either he said it or he didn't. But stop making God look like a liar. I don't know who that's for. But stop making God look like a liar. But we got to stop overthinking, guys. God is, God, God is, man, I'm telling you, this is the opportunity for you. If you, if you have not done the work to the depth that you needed to this year, you got about six, seven weeks left. Hear me. This, we're not done, guys. We still, we're going to be in this house. I, I'm not even going to scare some of y'all. We're not done. But here's what you need to know. What he wants to do in 2021 for you is contingent on how you finish 2020. What he wants to bring to you, bless you with, do for you, heal you from, deliver you from, walk you towards is in 2021 is all dependent about on how you end 2020. So the question is, how are you going to end 2020? Are you going to end 2020 in faith or fear? Are you going to end 2020 in obedience or rebellion? Are you going to end 2020 in doubt? Or are you going to end it with a determination to follow Jesus all the way? How are you going to end? Are you going to end in prayer? Or are you going to end in, 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 in grumbling and complaining? Are you going to end believing and trusting? Or are you going to still end in control and trying to maneuver and make the things happen your own way for yourself? Are you going to let down the things that you think are going to fulfill your life and allow, and allow God to fill your life? Are you going to keep taking the words of the world and put them over the word of God? How we in 2020 determines what the rewards are in 2021, what the blessings are in 2021, what God wants to do and show you in 2021. So we got to finish strong. Because let me tell you something, what I can't say is we finished, we started strong. We got to finish strong, guys. Me, you, all of us. God is, is asking for more, requiring more, demanding more. And so whatever you need to, to finish, finish. Whatever you didn't remove, remove it. Whatever you ever reset, reset it. You need to reevaluate life again, start again from the reevaluate, re remove, reset. reset. This reset. is the week. Let's get rid of the excess. Let's get rid of the stuff that is causing us to stumble and still fall and trip up over ourselves. I hear that, I don't, I don't even know what this means, but I hear the Holy Spirit say, some of you are wearing the wrong size shoes. 
So, you know, like for some women, women will stuff their shoe, their foot in a shoe size too small because they want to wear them shoes. And then they hurt all day, right? Just to look cute. And many of us, wow, Holy Spirit, many of us have put been putting on the wrong side shoes spiritually, trying to fake that we are somewhere that we're not and trying to dress up our spiritual man. And we've been hurting all day because we, we, we cannot wear the level that we're trying to get to. Y'all be knowing I want to teach the word, but I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna follow the Holy Spirit because this is his word too. Guys, God is not done. He is not finished. And let me be clear, he ain't coming back tomorrow. So what are you gonna do with the time that you got? We got to finish strong, 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 strong. And hear me, Pastor Tifei is not the only person that is coming to the to front and center of the stage. But here's the thing. You better, you better become who you need to become before you're front and center and get eaten up. You better do the hard work. Some of us are still on the operating table, not allowing God to, to finish the surgery on our, on our souls. And so God, I just thank you and I rejoice because you are so faithful and you love us so much, so much to correct us, so much, so much to just give us even more hope and excitement, God, even in the hard things. God, I, I have such excitement even for these last weeks to finish strong they're gonna be there's gonna be some 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 hard days but you are with us i am is with us that's how i rejoice because we are not alone you said that you are with us every day every step even to the end of the age and so we bless you and we praise you let let let's get into the the the, the study right now um but I, there's this in my head, the song keeps, uh, I can't, as soon as uh, y'all started praying, I kept hearing, oh, come let us adore him. Oh, come let us adore him. Oh, come let us adore him, Christ the Lord, for he alone is worthy, for he Let us adore. 
that there have almost, not almost, that there have been theologies and, and, and erroneous doctrines that have all led us to believe that I am is only with us when we are in a building or that the magnitude of I am or the bigness of our I am is greater when we're in the building. But you need to understand that I am is as big right now where you are right now as he will ever be. That the, the I amness of God is, is it extends to, to spaces in your life and places all over this world that we can't even fathom. That Emmanuel with us is God is a guarantee that we are never without him, never by ourselves, and that we do not walk this life alone or live alone. And God wants to solidify his I amness to us in this month. So the first one uh, I am that Jesus confesses to the disciples is this, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. So Exodus 16, Exodus 16 in, the, in its entirety uh, begins to share with us uh, the, 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 the beautiful children of Israel and their consistent complaining and murmuring and grumbling about how the Lord is leading and directing them. And if we were all honest, we have moments of Israelitis. <laughs> Israelitis. I'm gonna call it that Israelitis, right? Like, like, like we, we all have had those moments where we have taken on this grumbling and murmuring and complaining spirit and have almost, um, or if we have tried to um, let God know he's not doing a really great job in directing and leading and providing and protecting, even though when we look around, we've got everything we need. Okay, and so he says to Moses, I want you to tell the people that I'm about to supply for them every day uh, a bread. And it's so funny that we started with, with the uh, morning manna, and now we're in Exodus 16. There is this thing that he was going to provide what was called manna, that literally every morning when they came out of their homes, once the dew had settled on the land, they would literally, it says, see this flaky like substance which was manna which was bread that they would go in every day that they were to take into their homes only gather what they needed let me say that again only gather what they needed and it says this that those that gathered much it was enough for them and those that gathered uh, uh, um, a, a lesser amount it was enough for them but that they were only supposed to gather what they needed for the day and that then if it, that they were not to um, do anything in excess. And guess what? They were only supposed to gather six days. That on the sixth day, they were to gather a double amount so that they had it for the seventh day, which was the Sabbath. So that they did not go out to pick or to work on the seventh day, but that they already had what they needed to eat on that day of Sabbath. So Exodus 16, um, um, uh, Minister Malcolm, can you read for us verses four through five? Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in. And that is to be twice as much as they gather on the other days. Now, this is what is amazing is that God said, I'm going to rain down bread from heaven for you. He said, but this is the way I test their obedience. 
This is the way I'm going to test if they're going to follow my commands. They're telling me that I'm not a good provider, but I'm going to provide, but there are instructions to my provision. And many of us want God to provide, but we don't want to follow the commandments or the, or, or the instructions that are attached to his provision. And so he says, I'm going to test them. It says this, I will rain down, which means this to send or to bring. I love this. It is, I will rain down by divine command, but also I will cause it to rain upon. So literally guys, this, this, this is not where, um, um, you know, we've been taught, we would, we pray for money to be rained down. He literally every morning provided rain down from heaven, spiritual food that was also natural food. That, that he would rain down this bread, this meal, these loaves of bread from heaven, the place where God is seated for them. He did this six days a week. And then, like I said already, on the seventh day, he said, and then take a double amount for the Sabbath. But there will always be in God's provision, a proving for that is approving that we have to, um, uh, uh, let me say it this way, there will always be a time where we have to prove our commitment and our obedience, even in God's provision. So often we've just been kind of like this thing where, well, he's, God just blesses his children. He does, but there's a requirement to a blessing. There is, a, there, is, there is obedience to provision. This is not just I do for you and you don't do anything in return. And I think so many times it goes back to that looking at God as like a genie, right? Where we just rub it once and he do and then I'm, I'm good. That, that, the, no, no, no. He said, I'm going to do this for you because I've heard your murmuring and you're complaining. How many times has God, have you, you know, you, you were complaining about something and then God does it, but then you're not obedient to follow the plan for how he did what he did to keep what he's doing going. And then when it dries up, you try to figure out, well, what happened? You happened. You weren't obedient. So now let's go to John 6, because I'm going to show you in the Old Testament where it begins, right? So the first time that we see I am be the bread, God supplies bread for man. Now Jesus comes and he's about to tell us that he is the bread. John 6, so Malcolm read 25, 25 through 28. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Okay, keep going for me. Then they asked him, what must we do to do the works God requires? Yeah. Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, what sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my father who gives you the true bread from heaven. 
For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir they, sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Now, I want to read 35 out of the trans, uh, the, the um, Passion Translation. It says this, and Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Come every day to me and you will never be hungry. Believe in me and you will never thirst. Come to me every day and then you won't be hungry. So let's look at this. I am we, it starts with, I am the bread of life from verse 35, right? This, the, the, we talked about I am being the one that exists. It also means this, I am the one that was and the one that will be. Also, I'm self-existent, I'm timeless. Like there's no, there's no limitation, there's no time constraints on God's ability to be I am. So I am the bread, the, the divine provision. That's literally what bread means right here. It also means this, I love this. It is all sustenance God supplies to yielded believers, seen by seen, to live his preferred will. Remember, we've been talking about God being the author of our story. It says this, that, that it's sustenance supplied to yielded believers, seen by seen. Scene by scene, moment by moment, step by step. Your life is a series of scenes. And every scene, as long as you are a yielded believer, because here's here, here, here we go. You don't just get because you 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 think you should. It says it's a sustenance that's applied to the yielded believer. Because the yielded believer will be the one that will obey the instructions for the provision. And so it says this, the bread of life, I am the, I am the sustenance. I am the one that supplies scene by scene, th right? This, this divine provision and whoever goes towards me, you won't be needy. You won't be famished. It says this, and whoever believes in me, whoever has faith in me, this is 36. I mean, the, the remainder of 35 will never be parched or dry. So here's what the Lord said as I was studying this. Number one. Are you ready? Says this, God has always made sure his children are fed. Many of us are spiritually malnutritioned because we are not eating enough of the right things. God has always made sure his children are fed. Many of us are spiritually malnutritioned because we're not eating enough of the right things. The, when you are malnutritioned, it means that you're not eating enough of the right things. So the question is, what are you feasting on the most? So for us to be in a place of, of, of spiritual nutrition, we must be feasting on the word. We must be feasting on God's presence. And we must be allowing the spirit to lead us to consume the right things. But many of us, let me tell you what we've been feasting on during this year. 
if not other years. We've been feeding on the news. We've been feeding on fear. We've been feasting on gossip. We've been feasting on old habits. We've been feasting on um, uh, political stances. We've been feasting on division, murmuring, complaining. We've been feasting on things that have kept us and not realizing that we are daily losing our spiritual nutrients because we're feasting and feeding and eating on the wrong things. And so God says, I am, Jesus says, I am the bread. I am the sustainer. I am the provision. And yet you keep trying to feast on things outside of me that will never bring you to a place of full or satisfied. You want to know why you can't be content? It's because you're feasting on the wrong thing. You want to know why excess has been your way of life is because you're feeding on the feasting on the wrong thing. You want to know why you're trying to fill void with things instead of allowing him to be everything is because you're you're feasting on the wrong things. So now, let's go to Matthew chapter 6. I want to read this out of the translation. Matthew chapter 6. This is the second thing God said. Uh, hold on, let me go. Wait, wait, wait. Give me one second. My little phone is acting up. Give me one second, one second, one second. Here we go. I want to talk about come on, phone, really? It's all good. So Matthew 6 and 9, right? They said, how should we pray? Pray this way. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day, our daily bread daily right now when we were exegeting john 6 25 and we went to bread it said that god supplies scene by scene right it also in exodus god told us how to receive the bread which was daily so remember i told you i'm gonna show you how old testament connects to new testament okay so God commands the children of Israel to only take enough for the day, right? Then Jesus comes and says, he now is this new bread, not the bread that was there, but a life-sustaining, life-giving, never thirsting, never hungering bread. And then the disciples say, well, how do we pray? He says, hmm, let me tell you. But he brings it back to the beginning in, in Exodus that the provision of bread is daily. So here's what he said. The Our Father teaches us that there are daily provisions available daily. Mm, but now listen to this. Can you accept what you have today is enough for today? Or will you continue to let God's provisions spoil because you still refuse to relinquish control and obey? 
Can you accept that what you have? Let's just start with this first question. If God provides what we need for the day, if we are not to try to get more or less than what we need, then can we accept that what we have today is enough for today? Because that is not what the world tells us. The world is always telling us that what we have is not enough. We need more. We should have more. We need to be more, consume more, eat more, live in the more. And yet when we are to pray, give us this day our daily bread. Just give me, Lord, what I need for this day. And the reason why I think I need more is because I keep feasting on things that do not remind me of what you said, of what you, that you are the provider, not my job. Let me, let me be very clear. Your job is not your provider. Let me tell you something. Your check is a resource, but it is not the source. Okay, so your provisions, you want a promotion, you better ask God because God is going, God is going to be the one to make man give you a promotion. None of us are that amazing. Okay, let's be clear. You know, none of us, we're not that amazing. Okay, God moves on the hearts of men to make room for his children. Okay, so this daily provision, we have fallen prey to society's mindset about more and excess that we don't realize that we are missing what God wants to do in the day. We are missing the beauty of his ability to provide. And then here's the thing. We actually sometimes think he's not providing because he ain't giving us the more. So we'll look at somebody else's, what God is providing for them and be like, well, I want that too. Well, guess what? what your life doesn't require that right now. And why can't you be content? Because here's what you don't know. They're drowning in that more. They don't even trust me anymore in the more. Now they've got to do all these works to keep the more. Now the more is their God and I'm not. I'm trying to keep you humble, keep you obedient, keep you moving. Doesn't mean I won't give you and provide for you, but I'm providing you what you need. And here's the thing. What are you doing with what I gave you? Are you hoarding what I gave you? Are you stingy with what I gave you? Are you trying to roll it over like a Walmart savings and roll your, what you got for today into the next day? When, when I've told you I provided for today. So here's the question. If God came right now and told you to empty your bank account and give it to someone in the kingdom to zero, would you trust that he gonna provide tomorrow? Many of us would be shaking in our boots because you know you done saved a long time. You done put all that savings away. You done did all this and your 401k over here and this over there. And oh, no, Lord, I can't give it all away because then, Lord, what, what about me? What, 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 what about you? What about the kingdom? What about the king's commands and decrees? What about the fact that he said, I am with you always? What about the fact that he said, I'm making daily provision? If you would just let me be your God, you would have more than you got right now. You, you trying to get more and ain't even stewarding what I gave you now. You are malnutrition spiritually and you want me to give you more. No, sir, no, ma'am. You are feasting on the wrong things and you are becoming more Israel. You, you, keep getting, you keep getting sick with Israelitis. It's like the flu. It come around every season. What you gonna do about it? 
and 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 these seasons happen these moments happen where we start murmuring complaining and then we look around have you ever had a moment and you'd be like oh shoot i thought my life was not that great and then you meet someone worse off someone who has less why do we have to wait for someone to not have what we have to realize what we have is enough why can't we rejoice in what god has done now and not have to compare to somebody else's let me tell you something the other day this is a true story. I bought. I went and bought groceries. Paid for the groceries. I came home, put the groceries in the thing. And I said to my husband, people have no idea. I said, there was a time when we couldn't feel this. We could not fill this refrigerator. But we never didn't have enough food to eat. And now I literally fill my refrigerator to feed others. Because there is more than what me and Pastor Alice are going to feed. But what, I, what, what we have done is always kept an open house. So I'm going to make sure that I always have to feed someone else. So when he increases, it's not for you to have access. It's for you to have access so that when moments like this famine that we're in now, we're Joseph's and we're able to provide. But we cannot keep being malnutrition spiritually and wanting God to do things materially. Hello, somebody. When we have not realized, I have everything I need. Second part of this. So if you can't, if you can't accept that today you have enough, then what that means is you're going to continue to let God's provision spoil because you want to be in control and disobedient it said for every person that didn't do what god said to do specifically with the manna in exodus that it spoiled the only time it didn't spoil was in those two that that extra day period when they took more for for the sabbath but when they got greedy it spoiled and worms showed up the bible says worms and spoil and you're trying to figure out where did all this, why is, why is your, your life looking spoiled? And where are these worms coming from? Where's this stench coming from? And why was, what, what, I, everything was so good. Well, you decided that God's provision wasn't enough, that you were going to take the reins and take control. You decided that he's not a good, a good father. Because you have fallen prey to the societal norms and not a kingdom mindset that will always make sure you have enough. You have what you need. We cannot quote scriptures and say, I never seen you know, the righteous begging for bread and we still begging. I'm just saying, if he is the bread, then we don't ever need to beg. He said, I am the bread of life. If you believe and come to me, come towards me, you will never hunger. And if you have faith in me, you will never be thirsty. Any questions, comments, concerns? Thank you for joining us on another episode of the K-How Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please feel free to email us at khowworshipla. That's K-H-O-W-O-R-S-H-I-P-L-A at gmail.com.